All right, well, let's get into the message. Um, I know that you're all intrigued by it. The um, financial worry wagon. I thought that was a funny concept. Sarah brought uh, me a graphic of this a little while back. We were thinking about this series and praying about, you know, what does it mean to carry around this burden? So some kind of picture that it looks like what, uh, when most of us go through our lives. And uh, she found this, and I thought, what a perfect image. Uh, for most of us. I, when, when Thomas, my son, was younger, I would take him down our neighborhood, and, and there's, if we live on Estes, those dirt roads. And so we had one of these off-roading uh, wagons. And we put him in there, and uh, when he was little, it wasn't that big a deal. And we walked all the way down our neighborhood from Upper Broadview, and then there was like a little access where we go to Lower Broadview, we go down to the ice cream store, and then we get ice cream, and then bring it back. And it wasn't so bad at first. And then the ice cream started setting, and he got bigger and bigger and bigger, right? <laughs> and after a while, that got really hard. And, and, uh, and I think for most of us, it's like that. Our, our financial worries, maybe at first, may seem small, and we kind of get used to it. And we try them around behind us, and it's not that big of a thing, but they grow. And they grow, and they grow, and they grow, and through life. To the point that it actually becomes a hindrance. It makes walking through this life a difficult thing. And you know that that wasn't God's plan uh, for it at all. In fact, money was never designed to be a curse, nor was it really designed necessarily to be a blessing to something in between. It's a means. It's a thing. And yet, because we are people that are built in this world and very material, the materialistic things oftentimes, when used in the wrong way, we view them in the wrong way, they become these burdens. And they hold us back from the things that God wants us to do and to live the life that he wants us to live. And so it's an amazing thing that Scripture, you might be surprised by this, but the Scriptures talk about money more than it talks about anything else. Talk about money more than it talks about judgment, heaven, hell, all kinds of things. It's an amazing thing. Jesus talked about money a ton. Why? Because he was so concerned about money? No. I mean, he's king of kings, lord of lords. He owned everything. Plus, he was comfortable not having anything. He said that uh, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't have any place to lay his head. He was cool. He knew that his father was going to take care of him. But Jesus wasn't hung up on money, but he knew that a lot of us are. And it's a natural thing for people. And so he gives us some very practical teachings. For the next four weeks, we're going to be going through there and hitting four very real areas that, that create burdens for us in life. And so that's what we'll be doing. The first one we'll be talking about today is going to be uh, in stewardship. And so here's the memory verse for stewardship. Okay, This is something that uh, it's an amazing passage. It comes from Psalms, but it's an amazing truth that we see all throughout God's Word. And it says this, The earth, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. And so this is the premise upon which we're going to be talking about. This is the basis of stewardship. And so it's important for us, since it's a, a key verse for life, that we're going to set this to our heart and our memory. So I know the last few weeks we've done memory verse karaoke, which has been a lot of fun, and I hope you will never, ever forget uh, our memory verse from Corinthians 4 through 8. Uh, but today we're going to be doing it more traditional style, so um, what we want to do is to just read along with me, and then uh, what we'll do is we'll take away all every letter except for the first letter, so we'll say that a few times, and then you'll have it memorized. All right, so here we go. Say it along with me. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. All right, let's say that one more time. We're going to get new back into this. Here we go. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. All right, here we go again. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The 
all his people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. All right, you guys got this. Here we go. The earth is the Lord's and everything in The world and all his people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. All right, again with this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in The world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. All right, last time. I know you have this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in The world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 24, 1. Oh, awesome. You guys did great. See, so easy. So easy. This is what I want you to do now because you will forget it. Is in your in your bulletin is this memory verse card. You want to take this out right now, put it in your pocket, your wallet, tape in the back of your phone, wherever you're going to be able to access it at least once a day, the rest of this week. And don't just memorize what it says. Think about what it says and how it applies to you. And this is wow, what an applicable verse. Good stuff. All right. So, our financial worries. Did you know that money issues are the leading cause of anxiety, and marital problems, and stress in the U.S.? Yeah, it shouldn't surprise us, does it? In fact, most of us have had those, those kind of discussions and those types of, of feelings. And you know what? It's not just true for those that don't have money. It's true for those who do have money. It's equally, like money is an equal opportunity a burdener, right? <laughs> it certainly is. And we carry these burdens around with us everywhere we go. If we think about money every, every day of our life, and it impacts all kinds of things. And it's not that it's bad that it impacts us, but oftentimes we let it impact us in a negative way. And so the question is, as we go into this, is to really have that heart issue, are you ready for a change? Because if you're ready for a change, we have to start thinking about money different and treating it different than we've done it before. We can't continue to live the way that we have and expect God to then just magically make it disappear. There's a reason that it's a burden. And so if we go into this series, we need to prepare our hearts and say, all right, God, what is the different way? Now, our, our problems with money stem from a fundamental misunderstanding about what it is and what it's used for. A lot of people, in fact, most people in the world, this is what we use money for. We use it to, for, uh, to give us an identity of success, right? We say, this is, like, money equals success. If I have it, I've been successful. If I don't have it, I'm not. We use it as, as security, don't we? That's what a lot of people use money for. If I have money, I feel secure. If I don't have money, I don't. Or if I, even if I have money, then I need to make sure that it's all diversified in the right places so I can feel secure. And so we look for it for security. Another thing that people look for it too is for identity. How much money I have gives me an identity as to who I am as a person. So we have things like status symbols, like the cars or the watches or things that I wear. And then we identify with our financial station. And so we look to money for those three things, and that was not what it's designed for. And so we need to begin to change how we see it. In the beginning of that, we have to begin by starting to understand who's the true owner of money. In fact, who's the true owner of everything? We just did a memory verse. Who owns it all? God. The earth belongs to the Lord, and how about the people? Oh, them too. Right, we understand that God owns everything, and God is a good owner. When we begin to look to money for the wrong things, I think I look for it for, for identity and for status and for success because I think that I, it's, I'm the owner of it. It's mine. And that's when we begin to trip off. We have to start with an understanding that God truly is the owner of all things. He created everything. He owns all things. And so 
if people are in this world and God owns us, then how about the things that people own? Who owns that? Now that's, a, that's, a, that's a really difficult question for us, right? Because a lot of us feel like, hey, I earned this, right? I went out, I worked hard, and we did, right? We go and we earn things, and then we have this identity. We go, this is mine. But the more that we do that, the more our stuff actually begins to own us. And when it does that, it becomes a burden. And so that's the hardest step. That is the hardest step of reaching a point at which we don't care how burdens. We have to say ownership. Stewardship begins with ownership. They understand that if God owns everything, then what does that make us? That makes you and me something awesome. We are God's asset managers. Did you ever think about that? You ever thought about that? Like, steward is such a horrible word. I hate that. It's, it's, it's steward. You know, like, oh, it sounds like a nerd. But, <laughs> but we are God's asset managers. And you might be thinking to yourself, why on earth would God trust me with his assets? Right? Or you may think, well, I'm pretty good with those things. I can trust. But but God has entrusted us. In fact, from the very beginning, this was our this was our job. God created the heaven here. He made everything, right? He made all things. And then he made Adam and Eve. And then this was what he told them to do. This was our job. Go and take care of my stuff. Go and take care of it. You're, you have dominion over it. Now go care for it. And what did Adam and Eve do? Well, they set a very uh, a precedent that we've all kept, is they started being very bad asset managers. They began by misusing God's resources. He said, use these things in this way, and here's one tree I don't want you to use in this way. Okay? And what did they do? They went to that tree and said, we're going to use it however we want. And then that's where our problems began. Right? And ever since then, haven't we been misusing this, this world? And misusing the people in this world to gain the wrong kind of thing? If God owns it all, then we should really think about how we're using his stuff. We realize that as humanity, we haven't done a great job of being asset managers. Because we begin thinking that it all belongs to us. And so we have all kinds of problems. And uh, Jesus even said you know, that, the root, uh, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And people oftentimes misquote that and say, money is the root of all evil. No, that's not true. It's the love of it. It's the root of all kinds of evil. So when we begin to misuse God's resources, we begin to take ownership of them for ourselves, we begin to love it, then we begin to do all kinds of horrible things about it, which we didn't look for it for, for our success. And we say, I need to get this in order to feel successful. And so I will run over people however I need to to get what I think that I need. Or we look for security and say, I have to make sure that I'm taken care of. And we get all panicky and we will, we will rip people off. We will do horrible things in order to secure for ourselves money so we can feel safe. That's not what it was designed for. And we look for for identity. We say, you know what, if I have these things, then I can feel better about who I am. And I can look down upon people who don't. But this is, this is who I am and identify by this. And then we limit ourselves from what God wants us to do. And we mismanage it from the very beginning. We've been doing this all the way through. Can you, can you identify with this? I have certainly been every one of those. And I know what it's like to carry around a big wagon in my life. I do, and to have it keep me up at night, and to have it exhaust me day in and day out as I try to go through this world, just pulling a bunch of burdens. But there is freedom. In Matthew 6, I think it's a great passage. Jesus is teaching about what it looks like to be a follower, and what does it mean to live this kingdom life. And in that, of course, he talks about how to free ourselves from the burden of financial worry. 
starting with proper stewardship. And so that's going to be our passage we're going to be going in today. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. So if you have your Bibles, you probably want to turn there. Uh, it's a long passage. If you don't, I'll be reading some to you. Uh, and it's a very familiar passage. And this is what he says in Matthew 19, or 6, 19 to 34. Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. So wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. And your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body. And when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And the light that you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you'll have enough food and, and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store up food in barns. Your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work to make their clothing. Yet Solomon, all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow... He will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbeliever. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. They have enough trouble. What a powerful passage. And if we go in there, I think the first thing that we want to gain from this is this. We don't look to wealth for success. We have to, to begin to retrain our own thinking. This world is designed, set up for thousands and thousands of years to make us think that wealth is, is the measure of success. But in this passage, Jesus very clearly shows us that we don't look to money for success. In fact, he says... Don't store treasures here on earth. He's like, that's a dumb idea. Where we're moths going to you know, destroy things, where rust and all kinds of stuff will fall apart, where thieves can steal? Don't do that. Instead, he says, store up yourself treasures in heaven. We don't have to worry about those things. Success is not found here. Success is earned here. And how we invest this life. And so we begin to see that money is a means, not an end. And I think it's too short-sighted for us to look at the things of this world and say, if I just have this, I will have everything I need. We look at the wealthiest people in the world, and guess what they have? Anxiety. And we look at the poorest people in the world, what do they have? Anxiety. Right? Everybody, when we look at like the money and all that kind of stuff, it's not going to make you feel successful. It can be comfortable. It's not, it's not a bad thing. But when we look for it as an end, we say, if I have enough money stored here on earth, then my troubles will be over. Think again. It just doesn't work like that. 
And Jesus said, no, it's something much better. It is a means. It is an opportunity. Everything that we have, and it doesn't just stop with our pocketbook. It's our entire lives. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. When God gives us things, we're his asset managers. We have the wonderful opportunity and obligation to invest God's resources into what God wants them to be invested into. In the way God wants them to be invested. That's what we get to do. And he's smart. God knows how to bring about great things and awesome returns. So we get to look at our money, what God has given us, in a different light. Both what we have and what we don't have. You ever think about this? But, and this is where I'm going to really deviate from health and wealth creatures. God needs Christians in every social stratosphere, right? But every, every social stratosphere. He has to have Christians in there so that we can reach everybody. God doesn't just love the poor. And he doesn't just love the middle class. And he doesn't just love the rich. And sometimes God calls us to be right where we're at, and he says, I'm going to give you exactly what you need right where you're at and you'll invest in. And guess what? If you're a good investor, if you're, if you're good with what he gives you, then he's going to trust you with more. And sometimes it means more wealth. Sometimes it means more opportunity. But it always means that you have better wealth, more wealth in the kingdom, where true success is. So we look at what we have today, and I say, today, what do I have? This is not an end. What I'm managing right now is not the symbol of my success. My faithfulness is. So let's invest in the kingdom. It's a powerful thing. See, when wealth is the goal, it results in an insecurity, doesn't it? He says, don't store treasure for yourself here. Why? Because all of a sudden you'll be worried about it. In fact, how many people have said, you know, I had all this wealth I accumulated, and all it gave me was worry about losing it. <coughs> We're not, it, it leads to this, this sense of insecurity, but also leads to materialism. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So when we, we invest our time, our talents, and our money, that's what we care about, naturally, isn't it? And this world is passing away, and we cannot forget that. And so if we invest here, all it leads to is a very materialistic view of life and the world. We think, we trick ourselves into thinking that the only thing that exists is what I can see and touch and smell and taste and hear. And there is a world out there that is much bigger and far more enduring than we live for. We are children of the kingdom of God. We are, have eternity in our very souls. But when our hearts are here and this is all we can see, then we live for small and temporary things that will not last. And that is not success. In fact, Jesus warns us. He says, don't be like a person who gets to heaven but barely. Right? They're there by the grace of God. And, and that's amazing because we'll all be there just by the grace of God. But they've invested nothing in the kingdom. So when they get there, they're like a naked guy that escaped the plane. Don't be that person. There is a bigger success that we get to live for. <coughs> we need to look at money as saying, what we have today, this is opportunity. This is opportunity to do something bigger. The second thing that we need to make sure that we follow in Christ is this. We don't look to wealth for security. Our security comes from God, right? This is a truth that makes no sense to the non-believer. It cannot. Because they say God is invisible, so he must not be there. That is ridiculous thinking, but it's what dominates the minds of so many people. And they say, well, you cannot trust that God is there, but you cannot see him. How can you trust him with your lives? And we say, we trust him with our eternities. And if he's able to take care of my eternity, certainly he's able to take care of me today. But 
Let's look at this very practically. How does that work for us? Jesus says, that's why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Worry is an issue of security, isn't it? How I know I'm going to be taken care of. In fact, he even, he even breaks it down further. He says that whether you're going to have enough food to drink or have enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And he gives an amazing illustration. He says, look at the birds and look at the flowers. God can care for nature. And you're more important than that. You're a child. He can care for you. Our security in life doesn't come from ourselves. It can't. We're temporary, we're finite, and if that's where we rely upon is ourselves and, and our bank accounts in order to find security, we will always live with peril. And we're going to be dragging around a big old wagon of worry for the rest of our lives saying, should I, should I be able to live this life that God's called me to? Well, I don't know. I've got to store up and hoard up right now because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so I'm terrified because what if God drops me? He won't drop you. He is God. Does he, will he allow you to go through difficult times? Absolutely. Yes, of course he will. Right? Because if he only allowed us to go through easy times, we'd already be in heaven, for starters. He lets us face the consequences of our own wickedness and stupidity and that of others. Right? That's, that's part of living in this world. He said, as humans, we want to run it. He says, fine, go ahead and run it. See how that works for you. But in the midst of it, he still carries us as his children. He also allows us to face difficult times because it's in the difficult times that we have to rely upon him. Remember last week's message? It says, Paul said, when I was broken, I thought I just we were done, we were going to die, right? We had no idea what to do. They said, that's when we learned to fully rely upon God. And then what did God do? I don't know, he evangelized the world. Pretty awesome. <laughs> we understand that our difficult times, even themselves, are opportunities. But God carries us. God cares for us. And he's not ignorant of what we're going through. In fact, if God owns us, he's a good owner. And he cares for us deeply. And he's a great owner. And so our security comes from, from our relationship with him. It's an amazing thing that in this passage Jesus talks about how, how going to money for security actually flips the tables and actually makes us a slave to money. Right? He goes to this, he says, uh, so don't worry about these things. So what we're going to drink, what will we wear? He says, you know, and then he goes on and he says, you know, you cannot serve both God and money. They hate one and be a slave to the other. This is an amazing thing. What a truth. We cannot continue our life thinking that our security comes from, from what's in our checking accounts. Now, it's not bad to have money in our checking and our savings accounts. We'll talk about in the next couple of weeks about budgeting and all these other things, how to be good stewards of God's money. But let us never forget that God is the one who carries us. And when we stop getting freaked out about, about that, Right? When we start we stop looking to money to be our security, then we're going to be freed up to be able to do the things with the money that God wants us to do and invest it in the right way. And that's where some really cool stuff happens in our lives. That's when we, we start living with this burden and we start living with confidence. And that's when we stop living as a slave. Right? Doing what we have to do to make sure that we have the money that's there and having it dictate what we're supposed to do. Not our faith. Not our faith. Security comes from God. This is a hard one. And it's one that you will never feel comfortable with in this life. Let's just be honest and real about that. It's always freaky when you say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Because what if he doesn't come through? That's what happens in our heads, right? What if he doesn't come through? God comes through. He doesn't always come through in a way that makes us comfortable. 
Sometimes he makes us walk through a difficult path when he's doing something more important than we ever would have chosen on our own. But God always comes through. So we have to begin to trust God. Something that is powerful. The third thing I think we have to look at is this. Is we don't have to look to wealth for our identity. It's crucial, especially for us in, in the United States. The wealthiest nation in the history of nations. Think about that. Per capita, our, our standard of living is insane. It is Compared to what everyone else in the world has gone through before us, we are very blessed to be here. There is a comfort level that we have experienced. Unfortunately, we also identify oftentimes with that. And we say, I have this, therefore, this is who I am. But you're much more than your bottom line. You are so much more than your bottom line. God has made you to be his asset manager over all of these things. Which means you can't be defined by the assets that you're supposed to manage. God defines who you are. In fact, in verse 32, Jesus said, these things, with how do we get the money that we're supposed to have, and how, do we, how we're going to get the clothing and food and all that security, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. Isn't that true? If you think about most people in their life and you talk to them, what dominates their thoughts? How am I going to retire? How am I going to take care of myself? Right? How am I going to pay these next bills? You know, can I afford this or that or whatever? It dominates their thoughts. I would go, I would be generous, I would care for other people, I'd do that, but I can't right now because I don't know what's going to happen here. It dominates their thoughts. From the work that they do to the lives that they live, it's like all about how they're going to survive on this earth. But you understand that you are a child of God. He didn't make you just for this earth. We were made with eternity. But that's, that's a pretty crazy thing. And so he says, listen, you're much, much more than, than your net worth. So much more. He didn't just give you assets to manage. He gave you a heart and a soul. He gave you spiritual gifts and abilities and people in your life and relationships. Your purpose in life is so much more than to accumulate wealth enough that you're not going to be a burden to your, your children. There is so much more that we've been made for. He says this, that uh, don't worry about to tomorrow. Tomorrow is not worry on its own. Does that mean we're not supposed to plan or anything? No, we take the Bible in context. It says this, that our life isn't to be dominated by saying, what am I going to be doing? How am I going to be taken care of tomorrow? Right? How am I going to, how am I going to, to get through tomorrow's problems? What it's supposed to say is, am I being faithful today? Am I being faithful now? And that's going to be a challenge enough for us. Isn't it? That'll be a challenge, but it's a step-by-step one that you have got the Holy Spirit is with us. And we have to understand this, too, that God gives us exactly what we need every day of our life to do exactly what he wants to do that day. God's never going to call you to go and climb a mountain and then make it impossible to even climb the mountain, right? He calls you to do it. He's going to give you the power to do it. So he'll do that today. And so the question is, is today are you being faithful? Today, are you living the life that he's calling you to live? Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that he's putting before you? And that's that's a good challenge, and that's a challenge that we can ask ourselves every single day. Because the reality is there's some days that, yes, you will be. And other times, you're going to need a course correction. But God will be there every single step of the way. We also need to understand that our true status in the kingdom is going to have very little to do with what was in our bank accounts on this earth. Right? Didn't Jesus say about that woman who took the two little coins, and she went to the temple, and she was a widow, and she didn't have a whole lot. 
and, and that's all she had was like a penny together. And she drops it in there into to the offering. And she invests everything she has in the kingdom. And Jesus stopped everything and he said, Whoa, look at that. That woman is great. That's true wealth. Not that she donated 100% of what she had to God, but she recognized that she was already blessed by God. And she didn't give God her leftovers. She said, God, all of me. All of me. And that's where success comes from. That's where identity comes from. If we want to please our Creator and impress our Creator, let's begin with that. And so it's not that you have to give 100% of your checking account to the church. I, no, that's probably not great financial stewardship unless God is telling you to do that very clearly. What it is saying is this. All of me, everything I have belongs to God. Right? Every breath I take, everything I own, every dollar in my bank account, these are God's. <coughs> so what is he calling me to do with them? How does he want me to invest in them? How does he want me to steward them? How does he want me to manage these assets that he's brought to me? And if we begin with that mindset, all men, the things that we can do, right? And what a burden that lifts from our hearts, isn't it? That's a great thing. Well, as we wrap this first message up, we want to take this, this burden of stewardship off your back, right? We want to make sure that we're free from having this thing of saying, God, this is, I have all these things, I need to get my identity from these things, and I need to get my security from these things, and my success comes from all of this. You can throw that out because that burden comes from a lie. Here's an amazing truth for you. God has called you as a child. You have enormous, an enormous identity in the kingdom. And in fact, when you came to faith, it says they threw a party in your name, which is awesome. There's like billions of angels and all that kind of stuff. You think how big it is to throw a party. It's a big deal. You're a big deal in the kingdom. You're God's child. Nothing in this world will change that. And nothing can take that away. In fact, Jesus said, nothing in heaven and earth can take away God's love for you. Awesome! That we don't have to look for security in this. God who owns everything is your heavenly Father. He will care for you. And so when we face financial struggles and difficulties and a lot of worry and all this kind of stuff, and we look at how we're managing stuff, we also can take a deep breath and say, you know what? God rules this world. He rules the universe and he will care for me. And so bad things happen, well, it's an opportunity to allow me to walk through to do something great for the kingdom. And if I'm blessed enormously, then God's allowing that to happen so I can have more and I can invest in his kingdom. God's taking care of you so that you can be blessed. What an awesome thing. And so take this this week. If you are walking around with this burden of saying, of all those things that you've been trying to own, we want to make sure that you can help get rid of that. Here's some things, to ideas, opportunities that we can do to do that. The first is this. You can memorize Psalm 24.1. You can actually memorize that passage. Why? Because how powerful it is to know that the earth is the Lord and everything in it. Right? That's, that's a pretty big thing. That God owns this world. And even the people too. Which means me and you. And so if you can't worried about, oh man, how am I be taken care of? We can remember who really owns it all. Also this. You want to read Deuteronomy 8? Have you ever struggled with that? I did for a long time. The idea, the concept that, wait a minute, God, how can you own it all? I earned everything. right? I worked hard, and I have worked hard for the things that I have. Have you ever been there? You need to read Deuteronomy 8. Jesus, or actually, it's 
as God the Father really addresses this to Moses. It's pretty powerful stuff. Where he talks about really how he owns all of these things and how he's gracious in giving us opportunities. It's, it's a powerful truth. And it's a humbling one, but it's also a freeing one. So maybe this week you go to Deuteronomy 8. Let me set the context for you. The people of Israel are, are being, they're going to go to the promised land. And God says, watch out, because when you have lots of stuff, it's going to be really tempting for you to draw your identity and your success and, and all those things from, from the things that you have. And you need to remember the truth. And he reminds them of some of the things that happened for them in the promised land. So maybe this week you read Deuteronomy 8. Pretty cool stuff. How about this? Surrender your financial worries to God. You probably, uh, like most Americans, this odd, and uh, you probably have some financial worries, things that do trouble you. And God's not condemning you for having those. He's saying, let's deal with those. What I wanted you to do this week is I put on your bulletin, there's a little wagon on there that says, my financial worries. You don't have to turn that in or anything else. That is for you. Really think about what is this burden that you're carrying? Right? What is the thing that really bothers you? What makes you anxious in terms of finances? Write that down in that little wagon. And then say, God, take that away. Begin to really ask God, how do I release this to you? Right? Start having that conversation with God. We're knowing that he's your Heavenly Father, and he didn't give you the financial thing to be a burden. He gave you your finances to be an opportunity. And so maybe begin surrendering those assets, those problems, those whatever it is that's keeping you up. You say, God, I'm surrendering my worries to you. And how about this last one? Turn your finances to God. You stop asking God, what do I have? Stop asking yourself, what do I have in order to keep the lifestyle that I want to have? Start asking yourself, how do I start investing what I have in the, in the life that God wants me to have? Right? How do I start investing his resources, what he wants us to do? And that's a hard question, but then say, God, this is yours. This is yours. And you're going to start seeing your finances in a much different way. In fact, in an empowering way, because we know that what we have, everything that we have, can actually make an eternal impact if invested in the right way. So begin saying to God, it's not mine, it's yours. And maybe that's where you start this week. That's a hard place. So we'll do that. Maybe there's something else that you need to, uh, God the Holy Spirit is, is in you right now and saying, you need to do this, write it down, because the best thing you can possibly do is be faithful. Or how about this? Maybe there's a different decision that you need to make. And you've been hearing this message and there's some other things you need to do. We have some other ideas there. Maybe there's a prayer request that you have. You know what? God doesn't just care about our finances. God cares about you. Isn't that awesome? God in the universe cares about you. And he wants to hear from you. And he's in this life with you, going through this together. And you know what? If you allow us to talk to him with you, what a powerful thing that is. God, he listens to us and he cares for us. So if you have a prayer request, please mark that down. Know that you'll be prayed for this week and we'll join you in that great stuff. Now here in a few minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to take our, um, our, uh, our offering. As we take the offering and tithe, but I want you to take this connection card and drop it in there as well. And make this an offering of your heart to God. Before we do that, however, we're going to spend some time in prayer because... What is this all about if we're not having a communication with our Heavenly Father, right? We need to talk to Him. We need to engage Him in our lives. So as a church, um, I'll, I'll open this up, and if anybody has anything they would like to, to talk to God about, certainly we'll be joining in with that. So please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, of all the greatest riches in this world that you've given us, you've given us the very best one, it's you've given us you. Uh, you are the owner of all things, and yet you came to this earth, and you died for us and for our sins, and you redeemed us. And you've given us new life. Not only that, uh, but you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 
And if that doesn't show the, the value that you place upon us, Lord, I, I can't imagine anything else that would. And Father, if you've given us yourself, then Father, why would we think that you would hold back on us in any other way? And Father, I thank you too that you didn't just call us into this world to live small and selfish lives. That you've called us to live lives of purpose and meaning. That this world isn't about what we see, but it's about, Father, the world that's coming. One that we very much will see. Father, sooner than I imagine, most of us think. And Lord, help us to gain a heavenly vision, just as Jesus warned us that our vision is important, that what we set our eyes upon uh, really impacts who we are. And Father, we don't want to be like those who think we can see and yet only see darkness. We set our eyes upon the right things, upon truth, upon who you are. Father, that way we can be the people you've called us to be and that we can, we can manage the assets that you've called us to manage for the good of the kingdom that you are building. Now, Father, I pray for us in this congregation over these next few weeks as we go through it. This is a touchy subject to talk about money, to talk about finances and all those things. Father, let our heart be as we go through this, a heart of a church that says we want to be faithful and we want your kingdom. We want your will to be done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us, each one of us, to touch our hearts in a way that needs to be touched. The areas of earth, burdens that doesn't need to be, Father, show us how to release those things to you. Help us to be faithful with what you've given us, so that we can be faithful. Father, I know that there are lots of other things that you pray. So, Father, these next few minutes, all the prayers that are spoken and those that aren't, may be just said silently. Father, I thank you that you know that we hear them. We pray for your will.